Hi there, my name's Amanda Ulenkamp, editor of Business Brief, and welcome to our first podcast. As I record this, we've just gone to print on issue 411 of the magazine. Yep, it's been going some time. This year, though, we've got a fresh look, and alongside that, we've got some fresh ideas too. Each month on this podcast, we'll be speaking to business leaders, sort leaders and local leaders to go deeper on the key issues shaping business life in the Channel Islands. And what better place to start than with a topic which threatens to be as transformative for all of us as it has been widely talked about over the last 12 months, artificial intelligence or AI. By this stage, you've probably used AI technology in some way, shape or form. But where is it going? What does it mean for business in the bailiwicks? And what can we be doing right now to stay on top of it all? Well, to discuss all that, I was joined by Guernsey-based venture capitalist Mark Cohen and the CEO of Digital Jersey, Tony Moretta. And I began by asking Tony to explain just what we mean when we talk about AI in 2024. I think when you read most of the articles about AI, it's not so much these days the academic side, it's not so much on the giant killer robots and what it's actually how AI is being used to do completely new things. Most of the stories you're going to read are about generative AI. Uh, It's about how you can create words, pictures, videos now, looking at Sora that came out at the weekend um, with very small prompts. Um, and so most of the discussion is about how AI can be used as a shortcut uh, in the creative process, in the organizational process and things like that. And for me, and probably something to delve into in this discussion, I think what has really changed in AI is become open and accessible. You know, it's outside the universities, outside the big tech companies. And, you know, it, it's now in your Outlook. It's now in your Microsoft Word. Um, and I think anyone who's listening who, like me, has been playing around with Microsoft Copilot uh, over the last few weeks will realize that sort of annoyingly, it's like Clippy the Paperclip has come back with a vengeance, except this time it's useful. That's a great uh, description. And, and I think that really sets the scene. Mark, what's your take on AI in 2024? So I think this this all happened with the sort of public release of sort of uh, OpenEyes AI's chat GPT three and a half about uh, approximately a year ago, maybe even slightly longer than that now. And people realized that with these prompts, as Tony was saying, you could actually produce useful, in some cases, uh, responses and things that actually be quite helpful for businesses and for individuals right now. Then four, GPC-4 was a great leap forward from that. And I think Uh, On top of the use cases that you talked about, research is a a great use case if it has access to the right content and you're at least a little bit careful about how you use it. That an individual or an organization that's got like access to its own knowledge base, for example, can just source that information just so easily and get answers to questions in a way that you might have had to employ a professional or you might have had to spend hours doing research beforehand. So there's there are a whole host of, even today, real-world use cases which just make people's and organizations' lives way easier, and that's without all the things that people are, are trying to build on it and and what might happen next. And I guess we can't ignore it, can we? Oh, well, I'm sure there's people who are intending to, um, but, I mean, funnily enough, I, I've just been 
putting together, well, I haven't finished yet, a speech for our Chamber of Commerce lunch tomorrow. And I'm less afraid of AI and the impact of AI. I'm more afraid of us not preparing for it. I'm more afraid of people in the Channel Islands, businesses in the Channel Islands, not learning how to use it. That's the worry for me, is that we ignore it. We think it's going to happen to somebody else. Um, if we don't, I think, look at what the opportunities are. There's a big focus on the threats, not so much on the opportunity. And, you know, this is a technological revolution, and I'd, I don't say that lightly. And in any technology revolution, any industrial revolution, there are winners and losers. Now, if you are in a big country like the UK or France, you probably have the winners and the losers. The risk for small economies, I think, is greater because the risk is that you might have the losers, you don't have the winners. And this is where I think we have to be really careful. And, and the problem is, again, like a lot of technological revolutions, by the time you actually see what the actual impact is, it's too late to do something about it. So I think preparation is, is key. How is Jersey preparing for a, for the AI revolution? So I, I'm, I'm not sure how much we are yet, if I'm honest, um, like lots of places. Um, what I'm pleased to see is there are uh, people emerging who want to pull together um, industry, pull together ideas, pull together interested parties. I think at Digital Jersey, we're supporting those sort of initiatives Um I think for me, skills are really important. Um, so we are working with employers, working with government to start to get courses going. Um, I've also seen, and it's great, you know, we've got Panchana Islands IT companies with the advent of things like Microsoft Copilot, who are, you know, it's in their interest to increase awareness, increase, you know, how people teach. But, you know, look, we're, we're, I think we're, we're just starting on this journey. I know with Copilot, there's actually some training courses going on in the very near future in both islands. Yes, absolutely, that, and that, and that's that's a good starting point. Um, but what I, I I think we have to the the trick is I think to get across to everybody in the workforce that they have to learn how to use this stuff. Um, you will probably get into the impact on jobs later on, but I think you know government can subsidise courses, employers can make it accessible to employees. But I, I don't think outside some areas of financial services, I think we like the UK don't particularly have a culture of lifelong learning. Um, and I think with AI, you know, people are going to have to learn how to use this stuff. Otherwise, the chances are their job is going to be affected. Yeah. So I was going to say about the winners and losers, they 100% are going to be winners and losers. But what happens after sort of industrial revolutions or whatever you want to call them? And I can't quite put the time on it because my history isn't very good. But actually, the world ends up in an immeasurably better place afterwards, right? Uh, and so, while there will be winners and losers, and it's quite hard to tell ahead of time exactly which ones those those will be, net net, everyone ends up in a much much better place. And you think about the jobs that when people think about jobs and appreciate things are happening a little bit faster now than they have in previous sort of revolutions, if you like, but. The jobs that existed beforehand and the jobs that existed after, hardly any of them were the same. But actually, the world was a lot better place. And the people in those jobs were earning and had much better standard of living than all the people did beforehand, almost, you know, all the way down to kind of the 
you know, the sort of poorest in in society. Society. So I think I'm an I am an optimist generally, uh, but I think you will see a much better world at the end of it. But there could be a significant chunk of disruption in between because of the 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 pace. Uh, in terms of what you know, sort of governments, Guernsey, Jersey can do, you know, sort of what you were uh, addressing, Tony. I think the the way I look at it is there are kind of three types of business in in artificial intelligence, and this comes back into what what it means for for businesses. There are the businesses de- generating actually these sort of generative AI solutions, the sort of uh, LLMs, you know, the open AIs. Those, there's not going to be many of those. We're not going to have one of those in Guernsey or Jersey. It's very unlikely. You never know, but it seems quite unlikely. There are the businesses that build on top of those things, right? Uh, and on top of what's coming. And we may have some of those, right? Um, there's no reason why we wouldn't have some of those in Guernsey and Jersey. You know, we're still relatively small compared to the UK or the US, but we'll probably have some of those. And then for the vast majority of businesses, they end up using the tools that are provided by that second stage of company. Uh, and I think what they need to be, so that means the vast majority of businesses just need to be aware as those tools come through of how they can impact and help their businesses and that they adopt the right ones at the right time. Because if their competitors adopt them and they don't, they get then they get left behind. I agree with that completely. I mean, I think we've, We've got to support businesses, the business opportunities out of it. I think the trick is for those companies to learn how to use that technology. And actually, yeah, I, I, I think I agree with Mark. I'm an optimist overall. I think the trick is making sure we stay at the crest of the wave as islands. And I also think being more productive. Productivity is a challenge. I assume Guernsey has as well as Jersey. So doing more work from less people sounds like a sort of Channel Islands sort of thing we could all get behind. The trick is to make sure that you make sure that the employees keep up with the technology. So in theory, you should be able to focus the resources you do have on higher value tasks, more profitable tasks. And so AI tools, if used the right way, can take a lot of the grunt work out but you've, you've got to trade people. Otherwise, if companies do not have the skilled workforce to access, um, they'll get, they'll you know, what will companies do? If they can reduce costs with that technology, they will reduce costs. And, and especially probably the challenge at the moment in both islands is finding enough employees to fill roles anyway. So there's a lot of positives there. I think we need to focus on making sure that we create high value jobs, maybe within existing companies, within existing industries. We train people up to use the AI tools. Because if we don't use it, other places will. You know, we're already quite expensive jurisdictions. Um, you know, we, we have challenges around recruitment, skilled workforce. You know, we don't have uni- a university in the Channel Islands. You know, we've really got to invest in upskilling the workforce to use these tools and, and exploit it. And there is that danger, isn't there, that if we don't upskill, you know, we, it's easy to sit on your laurels and think, well, we're actually doing okay. You know, why do I need to retrain at 40 50 years old or whatever but we actually really have to don't we we, we do and, and and to be fair there is a culture there it's very easy for someone in the tech industry to sort of ignore you know there, there is a culture of learning in certain certainly certain parts of the finance industry if you're an accountant you're in compliance you're always improving your skills um, you're always looking at what are the new rules that are coming out 
we've got to add digital into that sort of continuous professional development. And, and I'm, I've been thinking about this recently. I'm torn in a way because whether we should be optimistic and say, you know, as Mark was saying, that actually AI is not is going to get rid of parts of jobs, it's going to get rid of um, the grunt work and things like that, or whether actually we should be scaring people. We should be motivating people to learn how to use this stuff because, you know, let's face it, as we said, we're, we're, we, we have full employment on the islands, you know, the, the companies can't fire people. There perhaps isn't the competition, it isn't the impetus for people to reinvest a lot of time and effort. And they're busy as well um, to improve their skills. But maybe there needs to be a bit more of a push on people to say, this is going to benefit you. You know, this this is, but, but actually, if you don't take advantage of the uh, courses and the things that are being laid in front of you, there is a risk that you are becoming, going to become less relevant to your organization and your industry. Whilst we're looking at training, that's obviously key and, and staff retention, et cetera. And uh, the, the point of having fewer staff can have an impact on the housing crisis in the islands, et cetera. So there's a whole raft of things that could lead on from the benefits of AI. But at the moment, what AI are we actually seeing in the islands? That's a good question. And actually, it's quite hard to know without obviously speaking to sort of every single business out there. But I know there are law firms already, for example, looking at actually we have a knowledge base. We have internal knowledge bases. We can, you know, which we have our juniors actually spending a lot of time searching through to find information that maybe we can extract these things using AI. Uh, and actually, these people can do sort of less who are, you know, going to be, we're trying to train that they can go up that pathway and become senior and, you know, partners in the organization at some point, they can spend less time doing the work that is kind of what you might call grunt work and more time learning to do the higher value ad work. So that I know there are leaders of sort of organizations in Guernsey that are already looking at this and trying to go, well, okay, how can I provide a better service, provide a more efficient service. How widespread that is, it's very hard to know. And Mark, I know in your day job in investment management, you listen to a lot of pitches. So how important is AI becoming? Is it a big part of the businesses that are coming to you for investment? Uh, it's a huge part. And so, yeah, I invest in early stage uh, tech businesses. So uh, I think like five years ago, you used to see AI in every pitch deck. Then it kind of died down and, and, and it's back into every single one again uh, still it's what it's really about is what problem are you solving you're not an ai business you're like i'm pro solving a problem and ai or at least part of it can be how you solve that problem right and it maybe you can now solve that solve problems you couldn't solve before at all or you can solve those problems sort of either way more effectively or a lot more cheaply now uh, than you could before so i always take in that mindset you have to start with i'm solving a problem this is how i solve a problem rather than I'm an AI business. But yeah, almost across the board, everyone has it in their pitch deck because I, th I think to a certain extent, they feel that they have to today. <laughs> it's the new blockchain, isn't it? Are you experiencing the same in uh, Jersey, Tony, at Digital Jersey? Are you seeing lots? Uh, we, 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 yeah, we, we see both sides of it, as as Mark just said. I mean, um, you, you might have followed what we're doing with Impact Jersey and that the new name for the Technology Accelerator Fund and most of the bids for funding had AI in there somewhere. And and our judges that included the CTO of IBM got a bit cynical after a while. Are, are you using AI? Are you? Okay. And 
I, I felt sorry for the people pitching who were actually challenged on how they were using it. But back to um, how AI is being used, I think obviously um, mostly, as Mark said earlier on, it, it's tools for companies in the finance industry, and I think people are just getting to grips with how that could be used, and we haven't seen what the impact yet is on perhaps areas like the legal system. But there are good examples. Um, you know, one of the big success stories, probably the biggest tech exporter in Jersey is a company called Pinpoint, which is HR recruitment software that is increasingly using AI as part of the process for reviewing candidates, looking for keywords, um, sort of taking out some of the, you know, gender background details, just looking at the, the facts in it, presenting it to employers. Um, I've always thought the uh, Channel Islands make great great places for software as a service businesses. So there are companies out there like that. Um, I think we, we haven't quite seen people take advantage of it in some of the reg tech type products that are there, but it seems to be an opportunity. We're starting to see some of that activity in Jersey. Um, and, and actually that's where AI might help, you know, create some of those businesses because we, we've struggled, I think, to, in the islands to have large numbers of software developers um, because, you know, again, back to they tend to be around universities and places like that. A lot of companies in the Channel Islands have outsourced to all sorts of countries like Estonia, for example, for developers. Actually, a lot of the big tech companies are getting rid of developers because they can use the AI to develop. So there are even opportunities around that. But as I said, it, it, it's early, it's, it is early days. We've talked about the applications that we're seeing in the islands. We've talked about um, AI coming up in new businesses and pitch decks, et cetera. But there's obviously got to be security around the AI. So what are, what are the island's governments doing or could, could they be doing to support the development of AI and mitigate any threats? That's a good question. So I, I think these are kind of GDPR-type questions in uh, really uh, for data security. And obviously, um, I know what Guernsey has in place, and I assume Jersey has something very similar. Uh, and the challenge is you, in order to use these knowledge bases, typically you're not hosting them. Uh, do you know where this data is being hosted? Do you know for sure that it's not being used as training data in the in the companies where you're going? If you're going directly and using, for example, ChatGPT, are you 100% sure that this isn't being used as training data? So I think there are some challenges there. Um, uh, but I think those are challenges that exist kind of in every jurisdiction. They're not necessarily Guernsey or Jersey specific. Do you think there's ways that the governments can work together in the Channel Islands to solve any issues that there potentially are? Tony, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I mean, just following on from what Mark was saying, I think there's the standard best practice, GDPR compliance, etc. Um, we don't have the greatest track record of working together as islands with things like the Office of the Information Commissioner and things like that, which are, are, are quite sad in many ways. Um, although I think we, we've worked together well on the policy side. Um, my, my, if you noticed a smile when you initially mentioned about governments, uh, from me, it's because you know I do sometimes hear, although that that's died down now, a lot of, of our governments here saying we need our own ethics policies around AI. And you think, please don't waste any time on that. You know, the, the UK, even the EU might struggle with imposing ethical policies on uh, the world. It's going to be between China and the, and the US, for example. Um, I think what we should do is look at what best practice is around the world and copy and paste. 
Uh, you know, we've done it with GDPR. We might add our own flavor there, but I think it is about making sure that we have the right equivalency. Uh, as again, as both islands have done with with data protection, uh, we've got the right institutions out there, the right laws and things like that. But let's not reinvent the wheel. Let's let's just see what what is the right way of doing this. What's a good way to and and be supportive of business rather than try and do something new just for the Channel Islands? Because frankly, what a waste of time. I totally agree with you there. Actually, it's it's um, there's no need to reinvent the wheel if somebody else is inventing it and it works. Yeah, one hundred percent agree here as well. Like, there's just these are hard problems to solve, and some jurisdictions are gonna actually mess themselves up by bringing in laws that just haven't been much larger than ours right that still haven't been very well thought through so uh exactly what tony said don't do anything watch learn and copy and paste the most appropriate appropriate thing and we've got a lot of entrepreneurs and, and inventors haven't we in, in the channel islands so i guess one of the things we're really best at is solving those problems there, there are there are adjacencies i don't know whether you guys have followed um some of the work we've been doing about data trusts and that started, the, the, the genesis of that was, well, a few different areas. I mean, somebody, I think when I came to Jersey, I'm sure it's the same in Guernsey, said what we call a finance industry is actually a business services sector. It just happens to be focused on money, on finance. You know, what else could it focus on? Uh, and we've been looking at, you know, things like that. What are the adjacent markets? And we've looked at data. Um, we have on our board Professor Dame Wendy Hall, uh, who uh, her day job is professor of computer science at Southampton University, but she uh, co-wrote a few years ago the UK's uh, AI strategy. And one of the things that struck me from reading that was it said one of the things that was, no, obviously, I, I think Mark mentioned this earlier on, AI needs access to large curated data sets. Uh, and one of the things that was holding back the creation of these large uh, curated data sets was a lack of a legal framework around it. Now, data trusts have existed around the world for a long time, but nobody's really agreed what they are, and none of them have been established using trust laws, weirdly. They've been established as companies and things like that. So again, we're looking to see you know, what, what are our strengths in terms of regulatory agility, trust, um, you know, decades of case law around things like that. And this is where we're saying you know, the, the opportunity is not just around developing new things. The opportunity is what role can we play in the ecosystem by looking at data in the way that we've looked at, as I say, finances, funds, other structures um, around the world. And, you know, so do we have a role in, in regulating uh, aspects of this this new world? And, it, and again, it's early days, but I think we need to start trying these things. We need to look at what the future is uh, because nobody knows. I mean, uh, Mark said something similar. I'm like, my favorite quote about technology is actually from the film industry, and it was the um, William Goldman, famous screenwriter who wrote The Princess Bride. He wrote uh, French Connection. And his quote about the film industry, but you can also apply it to technology, is nobody knows anything. Um, anyone who says they can predict what's going to happen in technology is not going to happen. You know, you look at the, the pictures of you know, what people thought when the iPhone came out. No, no one's going to want a phone that big. You know, phones are just going to get smaller. Nobody's going to pay you know, what, $600 for a phone. Um, nobody really knows anything. So you've got to try out different things. You've got, you've got to, you know, so that when things happen, you think, ah, okay, that's, that's a, that's one of the scenarios we thought about. What do we do about it? Yeah. I think there's a, there's an adjacent follow on thing there, which is that 
people who are professionals in this area, you know, my job as an investor is to have a view on those things, right? But I know that I don't know, right? I, I have a strong view, but I know I'm, and I'll get changed by whatever, whatever happens. I think you then get a danger where you get a government goes, I think it's going to look like this. And therefore we should throw resources at this. And when people don't know, that is very hit and miss. And you can end up throwing resources into a space where you maybe shouldn't have been. You might get lucky, but maybe you shouldn't have been. And where it's also, if it becomes clear that you shouldn't have been quite difficult to reverse direction uh, and go, actually, enough is enough, because that's just the nature of, of government. So I think what you want to do in sort of Guernsey and Jersey and in any jurisdiction is provide the right framework for, for businesses to, to flourish without trying to go, we should be doing X. Hey, so given the potential scale and impact of this technological revolution, will the role of Digital Jersey and the Digital Greenhouse become ever more important? Tony, I'll come to you first as you are. Well, guess what I'm going to say to that? Uh, <laughs> I bet you can't predict that one. Um, I mean, I, I, I think on, on both islands, you know, the Greenhouse and Digital Jersey are sort of policy interventions from government to say, this is an important sector of the economy, but we don't know how it's going to pan out. Um, certainly one of the things, we can be an easy target sometimes, but I think arms length bodies have some real strengths because they enable continuity uh, despite changes in the political landscape. Not that we have many changes in the political landscape on either island, do we, these days? Um, and, and as I pointed out, you know, sometimes it is useful to have teams of people that are frankly obsessed with one particular area. You know, we've done it as islands with tourism, we've done it in finance, we need to do it with digital. And it it is what uh, Mark was saying about supporting anyone who has any idea around this space. So it is providing that business support, helping startups, helping scale-ups and things like that. Um, I, I think one of the increasingly important things that, that we focus on uh, as Digital Jersey is that sort of research and development side of things. So I use Data Trust as an example of that, looking at what we do with Impact Jersey. I think one of the things I, I think the islands really lack because of our scale, the sort of institutions that do this elsewhere. And I am thinking of universities. People say to me, if you had one wish, what would it be? Straight away, I would say, I wish we had a university. I wish we had more clever people trying to come up with clever things because you, the spin-offs that come out of that, the ideas that are generated, um, the, the fresh ideas, fresh blood, etc. So I think it's only becoming more important because this is, an area that the islands traditionally, again, with full employment, our dominant industries are financial services, followed by tourism and things like that. Um, but we have to carry people with us. And that, that's the government, that's the taxpayer that fund these bodies to really get across the message of that, that this is really important stuff because this is the future of our economy. Well, Mark, you're actually sitting in a pod in the digital greenhouse as we are recording this. So what's your view on that question? Yes, obviously, I can't speak on behalf of the of the digital uh, greenhouse, but I think it's it's about enablement, right? Uh, and actually, we're and back to your point, Tony, about training that you made earlier as well. This is an industrial revolution, but it'll be the fastest one that we've ever seen, and so there's definitely a role for enablement for skills as well as for as for for businesses. So that which, you know, which is more important than ever, because, you know, we go back to that other example of like the jobs 100 years ago don't look like the jobs they do today. That might happen in 20 years. 
right, rather than a hundred years, and that is a big disruption. And look, it might not look like that, right? As we said, nobody knows everything. I'm speculating. Could be sooner. It could. It could be longer. But let's just pretend it looks like that. That's a huge disruption. It means in 20 years' time, all the jobs look really different to where they are today. There's a huge role for what are the skills people need in getting those skills in front of people as soon as possible. Because if the roles change, it's not going to be about, I know how to do this specific job. It's I have these skills, which aren't all digital skills, actually. They are the skills that translate across a sort of variety of industries where maybe I need to retrain in a new industry that didn't exist 10 years ago but is growing fast uh, and this is where I need to be. So there's a, there's a huge role for skills and training and awareness in that piece that I think that the digital greenhouses and, and digital Jersey have a chance to be a huge part of. So what should local companies and leaders be thinking about as the AI landscape evolves? What I normally say is certainly for leaders and, and quite often we're, we're still in a world where leaders don't always want to admit that they don't know everything and they don't know things that maybe their younger members of staff know about i i would say firstly have the intellectual curiosity to play around with this stuff you know i've been talking to people even the last few weeks uh you know talking to my minister yesterday wants to get co-pilot um play around with this stuff and what it does but again don't rush into it you know so make sure your staff have access to it but make sure they have access to the training it's not enough just to have the technology make sure they have access I think it is about looking very carefully at your business. And again, thinking where will AI help? You know, where you, you don't want to take a risk for certain things. You know, there's a great example. I think it was at DPD Mart recently where the chat box sort of turned against it and was manipulated and was criticizing the company. And there's a great story of American Airlines being sued by somebody because of advice they were given by the chatbot. And American Airlines tried to say that the chatbot was a completely separate legal entity from American Airlines. So I, my advice would be think carefully, get advice, get advice on how to integrate with your business and and start small, build up, um, but but be be careful. So, so you know, it's going to sound like a, a, I'm hedging my bets here, but, but understand what it can do. Look at your business because you understand your business better than anyone else. And think about where can it help? Where can it help help fill in for staff? Where can it help improve your business? But but I think do that. It's not the answer to everything. There there is still we we I'm sure Mike would agree with me. We think it's really important, but like a lot of new technologies, there is still a lot of hype out there. It's not perfect. It can't replace everything a human does. So don't use it that way. Yeah. So I think it's about the as you say, it's about the right tools at the right time. Right, and the fact that things are moving faster than they were before in terms of what new tools are going to become available. So you do have to be probably more aware of that. And those new tools can change your business faster than they could before. So I think there's the awareness, but also, you know, that being careful that, that they don't you don't think they can do things that they can't. But there's also the strategic aspect for leaders to go, Well, okay, if my industry is going to change, how might it change? And of course that involves that uncertainty because we never quite know what the future looks like but actually the job of a leader is to have a view to actually be it take a look at what my industry might look like in five or ten years time and try as much as possible to be ahead of the curve rather than behind it and that affects your business decisions as well as what tools technology tools you're going to use so i think that if industries are going to move faster than ever that awareness and strategic vision becomes even more important for leaders. 
And Mark, for anyone listening, what resources or voices would you point people to to help them keep up with the developments in AI? Oh, that's that's a, a, a good question. And I don't think there are any actually perfect, good, trusted resources yet. There are newsletters that will fire you out a daily thing saying, hey, here's this new product that, that is coming out. But they're all kind of like nascent and unproven as of yet. So there isn't one that I can just give you and say, follow this. Tony may have one. Uh, no, I was about to say the same thing. I mean, I, I normally ask the uh, people in my team to send me a list of what are the things I should be playing with if I get some spare time at the weekend. And it's changing so quickly. I, I mean, I would say, depending on your business, talk to your IT provider about how they can support and help because, you know, that is happening. Uh, in Jersey, I would say to people, look at, look at the courses where we got the Digital Jersey Academy, look at the courses we're offering. We want to put even more in. I think, you know, if you're inside a business, talk to your employer, um, you know, talk to your IT department if you're running the company about what there is out there and try it. Um, but again, I think just have that intellectual curiosity. Just just browse the web, look and, you know, follow some of the tech journals. There's, there's probably too much stuff out there and it's changed every day. There's something else. But obviously, most of that stuff is going to be relevant to you as a as a business. If you're running a trust company, you're not really interested that you can produce one minute videos now unless you, you want to save money on your future ads. Um, but um, yeah, it, that that's one of the problems at the moment. There's so much stuff out there that it can be really daunting. And my worry sometimes is that puts people off uh, looking into it. And that's why I like the stuff about, you know, talking about, about things like Microsoft Copilot. This is stuff that people are already familiar with. It's an add-on, you know, so they're already using Outlook and Word and PowerPoint. If they start to understand what AI can do as part of something they're doing already, I think that makes them perhaps a little more comfortable, a little more uh, adventurous in terms of what they play around with. I I just think as islands, uh, you know, we are, you know, quite sort of... uh, how shall I put it? I'm assuming Gedzi is like Jersey. You know, we're sometimes resistant to change. You know, we'll we'll hold back. We 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 think you know maybe on islands full stop. Things are a bit slower sometimes. I think Mark made that really key point: is this stuff is changing more and more rapidly. I mean, for example, it only seems like a couple of years ago people were saying, with all the stuff that's happening in AI, you'll be fine if you're in a creative job because it's not going to affect that. It's going to affect the lawyers and the accountants and the bankers. If you look at what's happening on the creative side, it's, it's staggering, actually. And if I was a creative, I would be quite worried about that, that somebody can just build their own video and not have to come to me as a filmmaker or a digital design agency. So, But but I think we, we really have to embrace as, as islands, we have to recognize that this is going to have an impact on everything it's going to have an impact on government it's going to have an impact on financial services um it's going to have an impact on lots of aspects of our lives and and if we don't know what is going to is we don't understand it then we're increasing the risk that we're going to be uh, affected by it in a negative way um but on the other hand ending on a positive note as mark said there are some amazing opportunities here and we can access tools, doesn't matter where you are in the world, you can access these tools that are available globally and you can find new business ideas. You can find ways of improving your lives, your businesses, your career, Um, but we have to embrace it. And I can't get that across more strongly because if we don't, that's when the problems are. But if we do, 
we could make life again we could be so much more productive using these technologies if we take advantage of them. Tony Moretta and Mark Cohen speaking to me there. Lots of food for thought. If you want to keep up to speed on AI developments and what it all means for us in the islands, we've now got a monthly AI column in Business Brief, written by Patrick Cunningham from Digital Specialists Indulge. In fact, there's a column waiting for you to read in the latest issue, which is out now. There's lots more to read besides that too, so do check it out. You'll find print copies in locations across the islands, or you can download the digital edition through our website, briefci.com. We'll be back with another podcast next month, so make sure to hit follow or subscribe wherever you get your audio. And we'll see you next time. 